0: Journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, Hazel Mac. When is the first time you heard that name? I think I saw
1: her video for, for Tingo. Oh, okay. Let the Tingo.
0: <laughs> I can't remember when I saw her first. It feels like a long time ago, but it can't have been that long. I remember like watching one of her videos.
1: What was your idea of a of a
0: female Malawian artist? Very conservative Mm. Um, most of the time gospel Mm. Um, mm. her
1: music is very much a reflection of her personality Mm. and she uses her music as an outlet and she's not afraid of being different Mm. Hazel Mack is an award winning recording artist based in Malawi and the UK she is known for her sensual vocals, catchy afro house and R&B songs that represent the modern African empowered woman Hazel has represented Malawi on a number of international platforms, being the first Malawian to win the All Africa Music Awards, the AfriMa. Miss Mac has shared stages with the likes of Tiny Temper, Black Motion, Ladies Amar, Prince KB, Amara Brown, Oliver Tukuzi, Souti Sow, Mikasa, and Freshly Ground. In this episode of Letters, Hazel writes to her music. Her letter is an ode to her craft, celebrating the very thing that has taken through some of the toughest times in her life. Her letter also sheds light on the presence of women in the Malawian music industry. Her music has empowered herself and others, whilst opening doors for criticism. Welcome to Letter to My Music, featuring Hazel Mack. I am your host for today, Lerato Honde. I am joined by my co-host, Alina Femalwondri. In this episode, I will also be catching up with Hazel over the phone.
2: Hi, my name is Hazel Mack. I'm a musician and a businesswoman. And I also own Malawian Girls Rock. Dear Music, I have been in love with you for as long as I can remember. You have always been a part of my life from a very young age. And to be honest, you've helped me through the toughest times in my life. However, since pursuing you as a career... You have opened many doors and criticism for me. You have made me question myself, my views and how me being an artist has an effect on how people perceive me. You along with my ambition, fearlessness and the spirit of challenging the status quo have given me a voice. You see music, you have made me resilient, you have forced me to achieve beyond my limitations. I was determined to be the best in my own lane. With myself only as my competition. I mean you can't run a race if you're constantly watching what other people are doing in their lanes. You'll get distracted and derailed. I worked so hard and smart to be the success story so that other upcoming female musicians and following generations can feel inspired. I wanted to be able to say if I can do it, So can you, to the point where I believe I am now thriving in uncharted grounds as a female Malawian musician. There's a list of many achievements and fasts. I'm making history, but there's nothing that makes me prouder than seeing other women in this awfully male-dominated industry fight for their own seat at the table. There are multiple seats at this table. multiple women so seeing a diverse version of Malawian women is so inspiring from the modest and traditional to the carefree and bold in your face type of Malawian female musician. We are no longer looking for validation or respect from our male counterparts who try and pit us against each other. In our own unique ways we are building our own queendom table with seats for those who only wish to empower, encourage, educate, learn, advocate, and challenge the status quo. Put gender aside and male privilege aside. Women will not compete for the respect of men in any industry, including our own music. Even if they try and glorify one of us at the expense of vilifying and disrespecting the rest of us. That will not put us against each other, no, never. You see, the thing is, music, you have really played a major role in opening my eyes to the realities all the factors that hold the socio-economic progression of women. Factors that are perpetuated by men and women. The one thing that has constantly hounded a particular group of us female artists is the talk of apparently always being naked. <laughs> like embracing our own version of femininity has been such a big taboo. I mean, why do they want us women to shy away from being confident about our sexuality and our femininity? Why don't they want us to embrace our bodies unapologetically? I mean, modesty is a choice, so each to their own. I see this and I hear this all the time. They won't talk about how I made history being the first and only female Malawian artist to have ever won an afrima in 2018. Or how Zani Chalet was the first Malawian female artist to have had a hit record, Single for Tonight, a collaboration with an international artist, Pata Ranking. They won't talk about how Temwa had one of the biggest records, Mujabasi. But because we are women, they want to say we don't deserve our respect just simply because of your male toxic masculinity deems the way we dress as inappropriate. Not sorry, but who died and made them the gatekeepers of respect? Has it not occurred to them that we are not in the 1500s? We are in 2020. We are Malawian women that are in your industry music. We are ambitious and bold enough to live and be as we see fit. Our work, our creativity, our brand, our image, our attitude will see us all sharing stages with some of the biggest artists on the planet. They will not limit us. This is what you mean to me, music. The freedom to be unapologetic, successful, and happy. Whether I dress inappropriately or not, I am not sorry for my boldness. I am not sorry that my boldness offends them. Well, having said this, I would like to thank you, music, for making me the unapologetic badass that I am. I hope that this letter unleashes the unapologetic badass in a girl somewhere out there. All my love, that Leia girl.
1: So, um, I really enjoyed reading your letter.
2: Thank you so much, thanks.
1: Just to hear you boldly talk about... The criticism that you receive and um, your relationship with music and how that has allowed you to overcome whatever adversity or sort of deal with the criticism and um, I noticed that that's something that resonates with a lot of the artists, the creatives that we have on board sort of being in a space that is male dominated obviously because you have to put yourself out there you easily get criticized. So how do you deal with? negative comments and criticism
2: usually it starts off with a um probably a a rant to the people that I love so I'll probably call my partner and have a rant about it but eventually it's just one of those things where I try to read through those criticisms and try and see where they like where it could stem from whether it's something that I should take on board or not And when I do decide that it's something that I shouldn't take on board, I usually try and just ignore it. Or if it's something that I think is a generalization and could actually have a negative impact on how women are perceived in the industry that I'm in, I do talk about it. I think it's also very important for people in my position, I mean, women in my position to address certain issues and not just... You know, because you're in the public, I just not say anything. Because a lot of people say stuff like, oh, um, be the bigger person and don't respond to every troll or whatnot. Mm. It's, you know, that's not the point. It's you need to set people straight. And if you're in a position where you can do that, it's very important for you to do that because people get educated every day. So I Mm. really don't mind putting my foot down and educating you know a person maybe one fan a day because people need to be people need to be held accountable for what they say especially online
1: yeah so um i thought it was interesting how she said she needs to try and read through the criticisms and see whether it's something that she should take on because obviously you can't respond to every comment but i think that it's important when you do have a platform to speak out Mm. about certain things especially when you're stereotyped or you're generalized.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think, the minute you enter the public sphere and you're in the public eye, you kind of open yourself up to a lot of critique and that can be really hard to take. And I think I, I really like the fact that she embraces her anger. Mm. I like the fact that she doesn't shy away from it. Um, if she believes that something is wrong and that someone needs to be told that something is wrong, she does it. Mm. Um, and I think that's only human the thing about being in, in the public eye is everyone expects you to be perfect. Yeah, We have a growing, uh, um, a booming stan culture mm. where everyone kind of idolizes and puts their favorite celebrities on a pedestal and you can't mess up. Mm. You can't overreact. You can't react in a way that they don't want you to react. And then when you do react, um, all of a sudden people are outraged. And seeing her talk about that and kind of embrace the fact that, no, I get angry and sometimes i feel the need to tell someone that they have made me angry and they've made me upset it's only human um and i think it's okay to be angry and she shouldn't have to you know we do a lot of telling people to like calm down and sometimes you do need to calm down maybe take a step back but also it's only human to be angry and to want to speak up for yourself
2: yeah you look at like you look at public figures and you look at these pictures that look so perfect that are obviously for marketing purposes and then when you Mm -hmm. meet them face to face without like makeup or these fancy clothes people find it so difficult to humanize public Mm -hmm. figures and I think that's a very very toxic trait of the way Malawians treat public figures and creatives and I really love what this project is doing, because it really humanizes us, especially us women that are working in our various industries. Mm. It's so important for people to be able to relate with our stories and our stories are only relatable if we take our voices back and yes and and actually talk about these things. That's interesting. I think my favorite,
1: most favorite part of the phone call was when she talked about being a beacon. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about really embracing yourself and she talked about how she doesn't mind being different. When you are living in your truth, you become a beacon because nobody else can do you like you can do you. Mm. And I just appreciated that. The essence of being authentic Allows you to be the best creative that you can be,
2: mm. and mm. we need more women like that that are passionate about improving themselves. And you know, if mm. you're trying to improve yourself, you like you can't help but ooze and be the sort of person where people are are attracted to, and people just want to be around. You become that you become a beacon of yeah. what other women want to be as well. You, you, it's like you become like the flame to a mask.
1: Don't you think it's important to have female mentors? Yeah. Especially oh, in whatever industry, even if they're indirectly mentoring you.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to have just even faces that you can recognize and stories that you can recognize on tv and in the media Mm. Um, it's important to be able to listen to music and be like I relate to that Mm. Um, I didn't know that my story could be a story that other people listen to I think you feel more invigorated yeah
2: Um, and to be a woman with the voice that I do have it's so important for me to not lead as an example but it's so important for me to live my truth because there's so many other little girls out there that I mean in the future would wish to be a musician or even be a public figure they need to they need to look at other women that are in the various industries that they're in and feel inspired and I really think that representation is so important especially in the in the world that we live in today I just want my if I had a like daughter I want my daughter to be able to look back at the work that I did and be like wow that's my mom yeah Yeah. so I think if every every woman tried to do that I mean just not be inspirational for the rest of the world but at least be an inspiration to the children or leave a legacy for your kids mm. to be able to look at and be like wow she did that i can do more mm. i need to surpass that
0: and i think that's why i really like the idea of hazel writing a letter, a letter to her music because her craft is it's a huge part of her mm. and it's a huge reason as to why she will always be here mm. she will exist decades generations from now because of the The work that she's done and the music that she's created
1: I really admired that in your letter how um, you speak about women the different types of women and how um, you can also be a woman who puts her foot down a woman who's out there who's bold and I really see that in your character and your music Um, so I wonder have you always felt confident in yourself and have you always felt like you can express yourself even if you're different.
2: I think that all stems from the family that I grew up in. My, my father died an odd like 25 years ago, so we were raised by my mother, and she's very what's the word? She's far from the traditional Malawian mother, and you know she had to fight for for us to get the education that we have, and even for us to be able to inherit the properties and the estates that my father left so she was always a bit of a a firecracker so I, I think it's something that she instilled in us it was it was I mean growing up in our house it was she always say, says that she raised us like boys because she never wanted us to be weak because um, mm. the world was never going to treat us with kindness and butterflies and unicorns so she always prepared us to to be fighters for what we believe in and You know, I I can see it in all my sisters, like my sister is a lawyer and she's quite, what's the word? Um, She's a very strong character and so is my older sister that's raising two little girls and they're so smart and they're so powerful from a young age. So I think it's so important um, for mothers to also raise firecrackers.
1: Hazel's character shines through her letter. She embraces her boldness and her ability to speak out on issues women often shy away from, such as the marginalization of women in the music industry. I really admired that in your letter, how um, you speak about women, different types of women, and how um, you can also be a woman who puts her foot down, a woman who's out there, who's bold. And I really see that in your character and your music. Um, So I wonder have you always felt confident in yourself and have you always felt like you can express yourself even if you're different
2: I think that all stems from the family that I grew up in my, my father died an odd like 25 years ago so we were raised by my mother and she's very what's the word she's far from the traditional Malawian mother and you know she had to fight for for us to get the education that we have and even for us to be able to inherit the properties and the estates that my father left. So she was always a bit of a, a firecracker. So I, I think it's something that she instilled in us. It was, it was, I mean, growing up in our house, it was, she always say, says that she raised us like boys. Because she never wanted us to be weak. Because um, mm. the world was never going to treat us with kindness and butterflies and unicorns. So she always prepared us to to be fighters for what we believe in. And, you know, I, I can see it in all my sisters. Like, my sister is a lawyer, and she's quite... What's the word? Um, she, she's a very strong character. And so is my older sister that's raising two little girls. And they're so smart, and they're so powerful from a young age. So I think it's so important um, for mothers to also raise firecrackers she she talks about being raised like a firecracker Mm.
1: and yeah i wonder what do you think the difference is when you're raising a boy and when you're raising a
0: girl how is it different i think here in malawi there are a lot of quite a lot of differences um and and something i think about as well like with women you are kind of expected to you you expected to go to school to get a degree to finish to go to work, to be successful in your job, to be independent, but you're also expected to be submissive.
2: Have you always received the support from
1: your family in your pursuit of becoming a musician?
2: Yes, I mean, um my mother is my primary um what's called investor, like for instance, um about two, three weeks ago, um the youth stampede happened. Like, I woke yeah. up and I read that news, and I was sitting at the breakfast at our breakfast table with my mother because I was at my mother's place. And, you know, we had a discussion about it while I was having breakfast. And I remember saying to her, like, I want, I just feel like Malawian Girls Rock needs to do more because most of the work that's done, if I'm not around, it's sort of like the work sort of like stops. And mm. I, I said to her that I need to look for money in order to to sustain that and also probably employ maybe two or three women um, or girls that, you know, aspire to be creatives um, from allowing girls to work. And she was literally like, how much money do you need? And I told well, her that the amount of money I want to pay um, the interns. And she was like, fine, I'll give it to you. And literally that same day... Um, you know she set up a stand in order as you know a main sponsor so that I can employ it at least two women and I think it's having my mom there and having such an in- inspiring person that only wishes for my dreams to come true is everything you know and not a lot of people are blessed like that and I would. I would like to take that privilege of having a great support system to be able to, in my own way, support other people. And I mean, even with my music, I I will say, I literally pay for everything by myself. But Mm. if if I'm falling short on, I don't know, paying um, the, the cameraman or my makeup artist, she'll be like, how much more money do you need? And she'll give it to me and she'll be like, well, the money that you owe me, take that and reinvest it into Malawian Girls Rock. So it's, it's you know, she's still teaching me how to be a giving person and how to appreciate, um, you know, the support that she gives me and to also always remember to give back to my community.
1: I think that for Hazel, a lot of that, um, her ability to to be different has come from her childhood Mm. and i think that's an important conversation to be had she talks about her father a lot Mm. even though she lost her father when she was young he's made a big impact on how she sees herself and how her mom saw herself Mm. and um the fact that he embraced different types of femininity Mm. and she was talking about the fact that um malawian men can be like that you know Mm -hmm. like we don't always we don't all have to be conservative so you you talked a little bit about um losing your father do you feel like going through loss or um yeah losing your father has it has it been reflected in your work or do you think that's something that is a little bit distant um
2: that is such a great question um I really I really think that a lot of who I am, my work, the way that I think really stems from losing my father and also remembering him the way that he was, because, you know, there's certain things that. um, So basically, my older sister and I grew up with both parents. My youngest sister, Michelle, was only 18 months when my father died so like yeah so she she never really met my father so we we developed this thing where we constantly spoke about him as if he was on a business trip and he's going to come back so sharing those memories um maintaining those memories in order for my sister to feel like she also knew him I know it sounds a bit dark but I find I see the death of my father as a blessing because I don't think I would be the woman that I am. And like, at the end, isn't that what life is? It's just a bunch of experiences that affect other people. So ultimately, life and death, like, are basically one and the same. There's no reason why, you know, when people look at death, yes, you won't um, physically see that person, but memories last forever. It's sort of like music and being a creative you've left something behind because the, why behave like there's nothing that's been left when mm. there's so much essence of that person that's been left like the person's taste in music the cologne the person I'll be on the yeah. train going to work and I'll smell uh, a cologne my father used to wear and it will take me back to a moment so the essence of that person is still around and that really shouldn't be perceived as a negative at all it's it's like light and dark it's like still it's one and the same and
1: accepted the fact that this is who i am i've gone through grief yeah and this person go is through. gone yeah but there's so much of him that i remember and i will embody that in my creativity
0: yeah and um i think like it, it's hard when you when it's someone that was close to you or someone that's in your family and you have to go on kind of seeing parts of them in yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it, can, be, it can be triggering. Um, and also always think like when someone is... Because someone can spend their entire life accumulating knowledge and talents and um, flaws as well and stories and memories. Memories that they had with other people but memories that they also had on their own that no one else knows about mm. and then when they're gone I I wonder where does all of that go yeah like all that life like all of it is it, it it just disappears so I think that's another thing that's quite powerful about art and being able to inherit things of the people that you lost that they continue to live through you and your work
1: you said something really interesting and this is a quote that I'll forever stand <laughs> <laughs> um but your craft immortalizes you. And I think that's true. I think that the work that you produce today will be a testament to who you were, or it will, regardless of whether it touches other people's lives or not now.
2: Um, like There's a story where we lived, my father was an ambassador for um, Malawi in the early 90s. So we were living in Ivory Coast at the time and my mother comes from this conservative family so you know wearing short um, skirts and being too overly fashionable wasn't a thing that you know was encouraged in her family but my father wanted her my father would travel to Paris and all these places and he'd always like pick a like a Chanel suit with like over the knee length skirt and would buy it for her and she'd feel some type of way about it but she'd still wear it and when we look at pictures she's like oh yeah your father bought me this when he was in Paris Um, I didn't like it because it was too short but he said to me that (laughs) you know like wear it like I feel like you look beautiful in this I want you to get Um... to a stage where you feel beautiful in whatever it is that you wear because when she was growing up she never felt as if she was a beautiful woman. And he always mm-hmm. encouraged her to feel, to, to do whatever she needs to do in order to make herself feel great about herself because how she feels will resonate into our family and it will get taught to the daughters. And, mm. you know, just knowing that he thought like that, I find quite empowering because in that time where he grew up, he he comes from a family of like 12 siblings like the fact that he thought out of the box like that I find inspiring I mean if my mother was able to find a man like that in Malawi (laughs) then but what's to say that there aren't Malawian men that are also forward thinking like that so it's to have a father that was forward thinking like that really encourages us three like my sisters and I to know that it's okay to be as bold as we are, because mm. my like dad wouldn't have expected any less from us. That has constantly hounded a particular group of us female artists is the talk of apparently always being naked. <laughs> <laughs> like embracing our own version of femininity has been such a big taboo.
1: In our conversation, she spoke about the fact that someone tweeted that um, another artist is a queen because she dresses modestly. modestly. Mm. And I think that's wrong because, Mm. you know, why do we have to dress a certain way in order to be respected? Yeah. And um, I like the fact that she's able to say that that artist is great, but I'm also great. Mm. And um, I think that there's, there's definitely room for... All of us as women on the table. We don't have to save that one space for us and take turns. Mm. We, <laughs> we all have room on, at the table. We can, we can all be authentic. And I think we don't have to compete. And I see this. In some spaces, women have naturally just compete with each other. And mm-hmm. we don't have to do that. Yeah.
2: And, you know, in even in the Malawian music industry, there, there, there are only a few female mm. artists. I I can even count with, like, two of my hands, right? And most of the artists are men. And then what you find is these same male artists will say something like, oh, I find this particular female artist to be a queen and better than the rest of you because of how she dresses how about you give you applaud people based on their merit and not on a misogynistic level because that's misogyny and then you want to be praised because you've said that how are you going to praise one woman you know at the expense of vilifying the rest of us shut up you know Mm.
0: Yeah, men have a certain kind of audacity sometimes and I like I want women to also have audacity and be just be audacious in being yourself. Mm. Um that just to, it, but it's it, it can be hard to let stuff like that roll off your back because there's only so much ignoring and being the bigger person that you can do before you get to a point where you want to speak up for yourself. Mm. Um so yeah, it's it's a constant struggle. But yeah, there is space for everyone. I don't like this, the comparisons, especially in um, in Malawi. Not just in Malawi, actually, throughout the world, we're so diverse, and Malawian women are diverse. And I am noticing that more as I get older when I am interacting with more Malawian women. That there are so many, so many of us, and so many types of Malawian women. Because you have like the the big, more obvious. Um, differences of like the urban women versus the rural woman, yeah. but even within those like even within like the the urban women you have different types of Malawian, Malawian women mm. women who are shy women who are outgoing mm. um, women who stay out after 6pm mm. <laughs> and socialize with the men and women who stay at home um, yeah so all of that all of that should be allowed and it shouldn't be up to anyone to be like no don't be like this
2: yeah I wanted to be able to say if I can do it, so can you, to the point where I believe I am now thriving in uncharted grounds as a female Malawian musician. There's a list of many achievements and fasts. I'm making history, but there's nothing that makes me prouder than seeing other women in this awfully male-dominated industry fight for their own seat at the table.
1: Hazel talked about a time when she, Well, a fan came up to her and said, You're Hazel Mack. You're that girl from Malawi. Mm. And how she's also known as that Liaya girl. She even mm. signed off as that. Um, So, I think you naturally end up... When you get to a certain level in your career, you end up carrying your country. Yeah, unintentionally. <laughs> you know, unintentionally. Mm.
0: That happened to me when I, when I went to school. And... Um... So I was in Mauritius and I was telling people that I'm from Malawi. And for a lot of them, I was the only Malawian person that they'd ever met. So now what ends up happening is they look at me as the blueprint for a Malawian. And a lot of the times I had to be like, no, guys, <laughs> I am not. I'm definitely not the, the litmus test for what a Malawian should be like. But it happens unintentionally when you when you enter a space that not a lot of people like you are in. Mm. Now you end up representing them.
2: Mm.
1: What has your best moment been as a musician?
2: Um, best moment? I think I've got two. Um, the first one was actually winning the Afrima. That's still unbelievable. I remember getting on stage, and I had never met Roberto before. Um, I got on stage. They announced my name. And I was still sat down and my sister was like, um, you need to go <laughs> <laughs> So I I got up and got on stage and I was literally shaking and like when the lady handed me over um my award, um I remember nearly like losing my grip on it because I didn't realise how heavy it actually was. It's actually a regional. Oh, wow. Um and I didn't even prepare a speech because I wasn't expecting to win anything. And um I remember like turning around I remember feeling someone rub my back and then I turn around and it was Roberta so the first time I met him was on a stage um, when I went to collect Maya Fremontwood and I remember going backstage and I literally got on my knees and started crying and I like prayed and we all <laughs> it was just a, like a really surreal moment the other one was um Kim of Diamonds and I went to Kusoya um it's a charity I think along Jinji Road and um we were doing a project called Girl Talk and I I didn't realize how much like a lot of the like the kids in rural areas know me uh, like for the Liaya song they don't they don't remember my name, but they'll be, like, that Liaya girl. She sang Liaya. She's, she's okay. <laughs> and um, I remember all, like, we were all gathered together. And, no, we were walking. We were driving to the venue, Kuseoia. And there was a little girl that she was dressed in, like, white skinny jeans and, like, a white T-shirt. And we, saw, like, I remember her standing out because she looked, she she looked like she um she she just really stood out because she was so fashionable and I remember thinking oh that's a really nice look and she had short hair not knowing that she was actually walking to um and I saw her in the crowd and she we we were they were all asking questions and I remember she asked um a question about um how I feel about being a musician and how um how my music has impacted her after the whole event she came up to me and she was like I I heard that you were coming here from classmates from a school from a different like district so she walked to get there because she wanted to meet me and she feels inspired by me and it just you know it, it sets your world like apart when you think how inspiring music can be to me I just sang I have uh, you know I just it's just a track that I recorded but to have a little girl that looks at that song and she knew all the she knew all the lyrics to the song I found that quite amazing you know and to hear that you know she she finds she uses music to escape from everything that's you know um happened to her as a young girl I think mm-hmm. that's that's how powerful music is. It's just it, it's it's amazing how music can open doors to many other things and looking at that also inspired me to do to try and do more projects with Malawian Girls Rock with the mm-hmm. with the little that I've achieved to use that and do more work and try and give back to um, our community, and mm. I try to implement who I am as a person into my music because I think that you know music unites people. It's you know heavily um, like woven into our culture.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Letters. The music in this episode is brought to you by the Dream Manifest, and the music in the outro is produced by Made by Cap. If you like our content, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. This helps to make sure that more people have a chance to hear the podcast. You can also go and follow Wanna Collective on Twitter, Facebook at Wanna Collective, and on Instagram at WUNA underscore collective, and on YouTube as well. All the letters available here are also available as visual animations on our Instagram page and on our YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening to this episode. On the next episode of Letters,
3: I think uh, it's rare to have the kind of job where you, you you get to do exactly what you dreamed of, or you know, something that you planned and set out, and actually get to live it mm. and make an income doing something that you know is very true to who you are. Yeah, yeah. So I really, really enjoy my job. You know, because for me, it's it's very personal. I put everything into the work that I do. So when someone just downplays it or says well, we'll go for the cheaper option it hurts why why do i have to go the extra mile when you didn't have to yeah you know just to say i can stand in the boys club and why is there a boys club in the first place we have to just take up that space mm. you know? if there's something happening go if they say you know if there's an event we need for someone just show up you know we need writers just write
2: mm. you know
3: put yourself in front of everybody else it may seem like you know you're showing off and and so what if you are
0: the malawian identity is nuanced Mm -hmm. Um, there's not one way of being malawian and if you're not that way you're you are not malawian so then what am i what am i
3: if i'm not (laughs) what i've been my entire life i am maria tindu and who are you i am a photographer Mm -hmm. i'm also a writer I'm an
1: artist.